This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Last week, Frederick and I shared from our own lives how our hurts, hang-ups and habits impacted our connection with each other, especially during the pandemic. Also, how the hurts, hang-ups of others impacted their intimacy with friends, family in the midst of the pandemic. We long for our faith communities to be places that invite us to connect and allow others to see into us so that we may experience the connection our hearts long for. Unfortunately, we know this often doesn't happen because of our brokenness, insecurities, trust issues and fear of judgment. Mm, yeah, so, so, so in, uh, true, Suki. So today we have the privilege of speaking to Pastor Paul Hostson from One Hope Church in Stellenbosch. Uh, not only is he a shepherd of one of Jesus' flock, but a husband and a dad of five children. Now, I don't know which one is more challenging, but very, very welcome, uh, Paul. Um, good to have you with us on the radio Thank today. You guys. Uh, Paul, um, will you please share a little bit of your experience? Um, and, you know, before we get into the topic, um, because you've had many challenges while you are in the pandemic and the congregation and so forth. And we want to go a little bit more deeper into that. But before we get into that topic, just share a little bit of how you came into ministry, a little bit of your own story. Great. Thanks, Frederick and Suki. I was born into a family in a place called Harding, which is up in KwaZulu-Natal, a farming family. Mm. Um and my 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 folks had recently come to faith. Mm. Uh, my grand, I lived with her from when I was six years old. Just a tremendous influence on my life, waking me up early to pray. So just a real privilege of growing up in a, a zealous Christian home. Mm. And at the age of fourteen, I was actually milking the cows and reading mm. my scriptures one day, wow. and I felt the Lord speak to me so profoundly out of John twenty-one when He was speaking to Peter about feeding his sheep, and I just knew from that moment on that that's what God had called me as the primary purpose of my life was to feed a sheep or shepherd a sheep or any mm. language you'd like to put on that. Mm. Um, and then went on a, a bit of a journey, met my wife while I was studying in Peter Maritzburg, my wife Kate. We moved to the Western Cape in 2006 after having been a year in, um, <clears throat> in the UK and then went a different route and started quite a number of businesses in the solar field and the plumbing field. Um, and then in 2014, through God's providence and a pastor having to step out of ministry, we were invited to lead this recently planted church here in Stellenbosch. And so we've been here six or seven years, loved our years in the Cape, um, had five precious children down here, married for just over 15 years now, and just delight in God's hand over our lives through, you know, as everyone does, ups and downs mm. of Mm. daily life experience and it's not always easy but just tracing God's hand over our lives has been wonderful mm, Wow, yes, I can hear that story and uh, totally relate and it, it, it's interesting that from the farming background that you have that you've actually moved into a different type of uh, shepherding or a different <laughs> type of farming in, yes. in, the Lord's, in the Lord's vineyard and in the Lord's uh, pastures it yeah. is exactly so. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Paul, um, 
Maybe you can tell us some of the challenges that you and the church leadership faced during the pandemic. Yeah, sure. I mean, what a what a time it's been. I would, I would call this season a wartime, a mm. wartime leadership, um, a very, very responsive time, a lot of decision-making, a lot of having to pivot quite quickly. And obviously, if you're coming with a pastoral view on that, with a shepherd's heart, trying to, to care for your troops, trying to care for the people that God has entrusted to you. So I think some of the, the major challenges we face probably is, is um, the biggest one is probably just not knowing how people are really doing. Mm. And we're speaking mm. about community today and just that, that sense of people being disconnected from one another, uh, even more so from your Sunday gathering and just your natural rhythms being taken away from you and not seeing people being able to just love and connect with one another, hospitality, not really there in a meaningful way, obviously, over the, over the harder lockdowns. I think the hardest thing has probably been not knowing where people are really at and, mm, and mm, just mm. the disconnect between the local congregation and your natural rhythm of having Sundays together and being mm. with each other and just catching up and little conversations and, and then seeing the body love each other, mm. caring for each other and hospitality and people going into each other's homes and, and all of those things are kind of ripped away in a moment like this. And so you, you're preaching into a, a vacuum. You're not sure if people are watching, if they're engaging. And even if they are, it feels like it's not what church is meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's that the serving elements are gone, the community elements are gone, and, and we're just sort of sitting and, and passively receiving. And you can only get so much from Zoom, right? I think we've all we've all experienced that, all these technologies that have been a blessing to us, mm-hmm. but also it's, it's not really community. And so I think that's probably the, one of the hardest challenges. And then the other one would be simply knowing what to do, mm. how to be faithful to God's word and his people in, in an incredibly unusual time in history. Mm. There's no book you can pick up and read <laughs> yeah. about a, a global pandemic yeah. and, and, and how to make decisions. needs to do, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And one of my pastor friends recently just was speaking about the last year and he referenced decision fatigue. (laughs) And I think there was Mm. a great phrase, just how much we've had to change and adapt everyone, not just pastors, but how to be faithful shepherds, faithful to God's word, how to really care for people Mm. in this time has, has probably been some of the hardest moments. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I hear so, so well. Uh, I think for me, the greatest challenge that you were possibly facing is not really knowing how people are doing. Mm, mm. Because if you don't know how how somebody is doing, how do you minister to Mm. them? How do you serve them? And it is really because of the isolation. Families, individuals, we are becoming isolated. And, uh, you know, you cannot really see how somebody is doing over Zoom. So, yeah. um, you know, in your interaction with some of the people that you, that you were able to minister to over these months of the pandemic, um, have you, how have you seen people's hurts, hang-ups and, and habits and sometimes addiction display? And how did it bring uh, disconnection between them? That was already there because yeah. of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think one of the most obvious places has been in the family dynamic realm. Mm-hmm. 
And so while some people have, um, and myself included, our family, I'd say we had a, an actually an amazing time and a rebuilding time and a kind of reset time for many other families. I think it's been an excruciating time and they've been mm. forced together into circumstances which are sometimes difficult. So maybe if we, if we went in on the, on the smallest nucleus, it would be in marriages. Mm. And I was shocked looking at um, recent divorce rates statistics sure, around yes. South Africa and the world. And um, I, I just looked at our own marriage course. We had four times the number of, of married couples mm. on it that we, that we normally would. And wow. I think it's indicative just of how tough it's been. And then we, we know, right, that the major driver for marital um, strife is finance. So you add that into mm. this mix with the pandemic and mm. a lot of people losing jobs and a lot of financial pressure and the, the crash of some of the global economy. And mm. suddenly you, you realize that there's a lot of pressure on these family dynamics. That's probably mm. one of the major ones we've seen. And then along with that would be click out a little bit and uh, students going back home after having three or four years of freedom, having to fit back into a familial structure um, some of them into very difficult structures, sometimes families with abuse, a history of abuse and things like that, or even just homes where Christ is not the center. Mm-hmm. So I'd say right from those kind of community things where those hurts and hangups and habits, right through to people really struggling with uh, mental health mm-hmm. and yes. isolation and loneliness and depression and these kind of things which have come to the forefront in this time. Mm, mm. Did people reach out to you during those times, or how did you? How did you? Because when people were so disconnected, would they pick up the phone or send you a message and tell that they tell you they were struggling? I think it depends on the type of person. Mm. Um, you're, you're more gregarious, outgoing people. Sure, a few would pick up the phone, but I think as with many of these areas of our hurts or, or habits or, or sins in our lives we've struggled to do that. There's a large mm-hmm. shame component attached to that. And so you, you know, you're with someone in a community engagement and you can see that something's not right. You don't get the same thing on a telephone call. Mm-hmm. So yes, no, you are mm-hmm. near as the, as the Afrikaans <laughs> saying goes. Mm-hmm. Many times the folk that connect with you and that reach out to you, they they share some of their hurts and and their hangups and and so forth. How has that impacted uh, their connection with each other and with the rest of their family and uh, with their friends and so forth? What were the common things, the issues mm. that that you that you heard people were struggling with? Yeah, I think I think the most common ones were from a faith from a faith community point of view is that feeling of disconnect. And there really is something incredibly powerful in the Word of God when He gives us principles and ways to live our lives. These things are for our benefit, they're mm. for our good, and it, it stimulates godliness in us. And so you think of scriptures, don't don't neglect the gathering of the saints in Romans. You think of all the one another commands. There's mm. over a hundred, hundred commands in the New Testament that say one another, one another, encourage mm. one another, pray for one another, be with one another, be hospitable towards one another. And when you're in a season like this of pandemic, pandemic and, and those things are, are taken out of the mix, it's incredibly hard to mm. one another, one another. Yes, mm. absolutely. And in, in, those, in those moments, mm. we realize mm. just how profound the, the principles of God are at keeping us healthy, at keeping us in community. And the many 
little joys in life that we experience in those things are ripped away from us in those moments where we can't have that kind of community. And I know we can bridge the gap and, and there's a phone call and there's a, there's a this or there's a that. Mm. And in the more extreme cases, we were able to go in and, and actually legally be with people and sit with people and, and help. Mm. But it was a, it's a tough time. And I yeah. think many have struggled without that, that normal rhythm of community. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's just take a break, uh, Paul, and we'll be back soon. Sure. Thank you, Paul. Um, now, let's get back to it. Um, we were talking about some of the things that you were observing. What are some of the other things that you observed um, and related to Scripture as well? Yeah, one, one huge one that we've seen is, you know, Christ speaks so clearly in the Gospels around lust and around um, sexual morality. Mm-hmm. And in a season like this, you know, what, what I love about the Gospels is how Christ comes and he, he raises the bar. He says, in the past, you've heard it said that you shouldn't commit adultery. But I say to you, don't even look at a, a woman or it's just as much a, a man lustfully. Mm. And if you do that, you commit adultery in your heart. And so we, we've seen that uh, a huge increase in people struggling with sexual addictions, pornography, these kind of sexual temptations. And as we know, the, the trigger for these kind of things are, are often emotions like loneliness, mm. often um, despair, a major part to play, uh, feeling, feeling useless, feeling overwhelmed. And mm. on top of that, even maybe something less uh, obviously sinful, just having loads more time, loads more free hours to spend online, and this ramps up the opportunity for temptation. So if you if you think of those triggers and you, you push them through the grid of a pandemic that we're facing at the moment, and you think of people losing jobs, you think of marriages where there's relational tension or families where there's, there's that relational tension and leaving people feeling in despair, leaving people feeling lonely, leaving them feeling mm. useless or any of mm. those things. And you, you realize quite quickly that there's very fertile ground in, mm. a, in a pandemic like this for sexual temptation. So we've tried to, as a community, really proactively reach out to our people, mm. created even some um, anonymous groups where some leaders who've fought some of these fights before and, and faced sexual temptation and and defeated it in some measure, have put their hands up and said, we'll take a group of young men or of young women who are struggling with these things and being able to lead them through some of these temptations. But it's not been an, an easy time for people. Mm-mm. Very not so, very, very, very uh, not so. Uh, but, you know, it's, we are, if, if a listener now is listening and he says, well, I don't have that problem of porn, it doesn't affect me. But there are many other habits and, and co- compulsive behaviors that people can go into during this time. Um, such is as, that not so? Mm, such as gaming, many other things. Absolutely. Mm. We found that also just the time people spent on the internet and time people would spend on social media and pe- the time people would spend on um, on uh, binge binge watching. <laughs> mm. You know, it's just, and I think that just gives us that illusion of connection when we get an emotional connection with something. Um, so what we found in that time, we we also became part of several groups online, and that was a. That really was very, very helpful, and specific groups where we looked at our growth and our growth um, as Christians and growth, emotional growth as well. Yes, um, yeah. 
Paul, perhaps one of... I couldn't agree of, with yes. you guys more. Yeah. I, but, could, hmm? I couldn't agree with you more. It's just such a profound thing that what we put in is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And so as we feed our souls, we're shaping them in a certain way. And so just like you're saying, Netflix binging, any of these kind of, of things are having that same effect on our mm-hmm. soul. And it's a bit easier now because I think we're more free now to go out and... Uh, actually sometimes too free i think <laughs> because it's so hard to keep up the restrictions and all the things that we need to do yeah. and i think it it definitely also puts an effect on our um an extra burden on our relationships you know who wears mask who doesn't wear mask and social distancing and all that stuff but paul Absolutely. i was wondering um one of the rewards of being a shepherd of jesus flock is that there are accounts of people journeying from brokenness to greater and greater healthy relationships I'm sure you also found maybe also in this time during the pandemic that that because of the things that you guys have put in place, there there, there were stories of growth and be, and stories of restoration and healing amidst um, the struggles. Can you share something like that with us? Yeah, Suki, this is such a great angle to go because I think it's it's you know talking about pandemic and it can get quite discouraging. Mm-hmm. And just to actually celebrate the what God has done and what God is doing is just mm. a wonderful, encouraging thing to think about as well. Um, yeah, I, 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 nothing like zero to hero, if you know that language, kind mm. of gets as many springs mm. to mind. And, and I'm quite grateful for that because mm. I feel that often those stories are, are ungrounded in our own experience True. of what growth looks like most in our life. Most of the time, it's just the incremental slow change and mm, exactly. I feel like what, what God has done in this time which has been so critical for his body is to create a fresh reliance on the Holy Spirit mm. and sometimes I, I think of that um, that old hymn about removing the, the crutch and, and taking away all, all the things that are around us and a fresh reliance on the Holy Spirit to challenge us as leaders that the ways that we've built in the past, are they the ways that he wants us to build in the future? And then also to challenge us as individuals. What does it look like when all the props are taken away and mm-hmm. all the scaffolding that supports our lives? And I believe God's given those to us for our encouragement and for our good, but sometimes we cross the line and become over-reliant on those things. And it's almost like our our Sunday injection, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we need it to get through the next week. And that leaves us in an anemic and an unhealthy place where I think God's been, I've seen great amounts of intimacy toward God coming from people learning again to self-feed and mm. learning to, to study the word of God for themselves and mm. re-engaging with, um, with prayer. I look at my, my own life mm. and I feel like the last 18 months have, have been incredible in God teaching me fresh dependence and mm. teaching me how to pray, teaching our family just the, the rhythm of parents discipling children rather than it just being something that we outsource on a right. Sunday to some kids' <laughs> church workers, as wonderful right. as they are. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just see God all over these, these little things. I, I mm. feel on another note that around our families, I think this is a, a mercy to us that, that God has almost pushed pause on frenetic lives and I think many, many families have been able to reprioritize their lives in this season and have a have a reset and a family mm. pause moment. And I know for my family that's Absolutely. been mm. incredibly true with little kids and the helter skelter of 
daily life, just having a bit of time where we could pause and, and ask, are we really doing the important things? Mm. Is this really the priority things, you know? It's almost I mean, like maybe, back to basics. One, yes, exactly, back to basics. Mm. Absolutely. And maybe one beautiful a little story that springs to mind is just um, a, a story of one of our couples getting married. They actually have already one of our student couples, they've, moved on, but just the, the grace of God in their lives, they were both coming into Stellenbosch, her completely unsaved as a first-year student, him saved but far from God, and watching God bring her to salvation and, and bring him into a place where he was actually in his fourth year of leading our student team, um, and they eventually eloped in the in this pandemic because they just couldn't find a date that they could actually get married. <laughs> and so last week I just saw, I saw on some social media, I think Instagram, I saw it pop up that they have, they have a life and my heart just rejoiced at the goodness of God in mm. bringing people to salvation and bringing them together and mm. forming new families. Mm. Mm. Lovely. Isn't, isn't it so, Paul, that um, there are so many distractions, especially now during the pandemic, um, Sukia and you were speaking about Netflix as just one of them, but um, I saw how easily I was distracted by Facebook, for example, mm. and not using yeah. it as a productive tool to connect with other people, but just to scroll through videos and um, you know you half watch a half a video, but you just scroll on and on and on, and it becomes a very big distraction. And uh, taking us away from the, the relationships that really matter um, is knowing mm. myself, uh, connecting with another human being, connecting with a father. And, um, you know, and many, many times people say, you know, you've committed a sin and uh, God has seen sin as sin. And uh, then we want to categorize some sins as larger than others. Um, but Sometimes the consequences of our sins are, are very, very serious, and we need to be working through these sins. Have you seen uh, people working through the 12 steps with their uh, counterparts, you know, uh, the biblical counterparts, and how has that affected their relationship, uh, working away from their sins? Mm. Uh, steps, as um, Alan Non and AA have, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, I have. I have seen, and if I can just make a, a quick comment, Frederick, on what you're saying, because I think it's so beautiful, and the, the break in our relationships with one another and the distraction from one another. I've just been spending some time personally recently meditating on the greatest break of all, and and the break between the Father, Father God, and us as His children. And sometimes we look in and despair, can these relationships be healed? Can this marriage be healed? Can this be fixed? And you think it's just too far, it's too far gone. And I've just been meditating on how if God can bridge the greatest of all divides, mm. if he can do the greater thing, then, then surely he can do the smaller thing, which is mm. bringing us into right relationship with him. Anyway, that's a, a little freebie on, on the side. It's something <laughs> that what you said triggered in my mind. But mm. yes, I, I think I think if, I, if I'm actually looking at the steps, I just pulled them up now quickly. And the fourth and fifth one um, made a, a searching and fearless moral invitation to ourselves and admitted to Christ, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Mm. And the verse there that, that's linked there is Lamentations 3.40, let us examine our ways and 
test and let us return to the Lord. Mm. I feel that that so beautifully, those two steps so beautifully sum up what we've been trying to say around God almost pushing pause on us mm. in this moment. And for those who have taken the time to make a searching and fearless moral inventory, I love that language, of our lives, and it's been a, a taking stock of our lives, and I think that we're going to see tremendous um, fruitfulness into the years ahead from people who have and who are still in this in this um, pandemic now, while the world is still going a bit slower than its normal pace, mm. are mm. taking yeah. those. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Paul. So, so true. And and I think it's wonderful for us to be able to end on that fruitful note, Mm -hmm. uh, that positive note for looking into the future to see how God is busy changing his people and those who call to him Mm. and are engaged in uh, relationships. Mm. Thank you very, very much, Paul, for sharing with us. We really need to get you back (laughs) at another time to talk more because I have a feeling (laughs) we have a lot more to talk about. But thank you so much. Wonderful. Wonderful to be with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. So listeners, please continue to send your comments, remarks and questions to Frederick Suki at kpulpit.co.za. Till next time. Bye-bye. Hierdie inzetsel is aan jou gebring die Radio Kaapse Kansel op 729 AM. Besoek ons geris op www.kaapsekansel.co.za 